No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we consider Jehoshaphat's final days and his bad business venture where he didn't seek the Lord. We'll also examine the reign of his son. We hope you'll join us as Pastor Daryl continues in 2 Chronicles chapter 20 on Simply the Bible. When God created the heavens and the earth, he separated light from darkness and for good reason. If we attempt to mix light with darkness, then we will suffer for it. If we are children of light, then we must walk in the light. If we partake in the works of darkness, then it will lead to destruction. We see this demonstrated in the lives of the kings of Judah. We continue today in 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse 31. So Jehoshaphat was king over Judah. He was 35 years old when he became king. And he reigned 25 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Azubah, the daughter of Shilhai. And he walked in the way of his father Asa and did not turn aside from it, doing what was right in the sight of the Lord. Nevertheless, the high places were not taken away, for as yet the people had not directed their hearts to the God of their fathers. Now the rest of the acts of Jehoshaphat, first and last, indeed, they are written in the book of Jehu, the son of Hanani, which is mentioned in the book of the kings of Israel. Jehoshaphat's father, Asa, had been a good king, bringing spiritual revival to Judah, and Jehoshaphat had walked in his dad's footsteps. He even did better, because Asa didn't rely on the Lord in his later years. He even imprisoned the prophet of God that tried to set him straight. But Jehoshaphat finished well. However, the high places where the people practiced their pagan worship, worship of idols, they were not destroyed. The reason? They had not directed their hearts to God. Jehoshaphat prepared his heart to seek God and sought to lead the country in revival, but the people themselves weren't all in. That shows us that true devotion to God cannot be externally imposed. It can't be pressed upon us by somebody else. It has to be the Holy Spirit who draws us into wanting to worship the Lord. Now, we can set an example for others. We should do that. But each person must personally direct his or her heart toward God. After this, Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, allied himself with Ahaziah, king of Israel, who acted very wickedly. And he allied himself with him to make ships to go to Tarshish, and they made the ships in ezion Geber. But Eliezer, the son of Dodava of Marisha, prophesied against Jehoshaphat, saying, Because you have allied yourself with Ahaziah, the Lord has destroyed your works. Then the ships were wrecked so that they were not able to go to Tarshish. So again, Jehoshaphat was a good king, but in his life, he compromised in three ways. First, there was the marriage compromise in that he gave his son Jehoram to marry the daughter of Jezebel and Ahab, a very bad move Uh, that would bring great corruption into his dynasty. 
Second, because of that arrangement, he went to war with Ahab against the Syrians, almost lost his life in the process. And now the third compromise was a business compromise in which he built ships with Ahab's son. Again, Ahab was completely wicked, and so was his son. Jehoshaphat had no business going into a business venture with this person. You know, we're told in the scripture not to be unequally yoked with unbelievers, and for good reason, such alliances always get us into trouble. We read in Song of Solomon, catch us the foxes, the little foxes that spoil the vines. I like to think of compromises as little foxes that that ruin the good fruit we could bear. So rather than compromise, we should seek consecration. That is to be fully given over to the purposes of God for his glory. Now, because Jehoshaphat allied himself with the wicked in this shipping venture, God destroyed his works. Chapter 21, And Jehoshaphat rested with his fathers and was buried with his fathers in the city of David. Then Jehoram, his son, reigned in his place. He had brothers, the sons of Jehoshaphat, Azariah, Jehiel, Zechariah, Azarahu, Michael, and Shephatiah. All these were the sons of Jehoshaphat, king of Israel. Their father gave them great gifts of silver and gold and precious things with fortified cities in Judah, but he gave the kingdom to Jehoram because he was the firstborn. Now, when Jehoram was established over the kingdom of his father, he strengthened himself and killed all his brothers with the sword and also others of the princes of Israel. So after his dad died, rather than calling the six brothers together to pray and seek God's blessing on this new chapter in all of their lives, Jehoram just killed them and anybody else who potentially could challenge his authority. This is unbridled ambition. Now, it was a common practice among the kings of the world to do that, to secure your title to the throne, but not according to the kings of Judah. No doubt Jehoram's decision was influenced by his wife, Athaliah, who was like her mother, the murderous Jezebel. And you know, a wife can exercise tremendous influence over her husband, either for evil or for good. I'm so thankful God's blessed me with a wife who does me much good. But a wife can really mess a person up too. And certainly I'm sure that this had a great influence because of course Jezebel killed all of the prophets of God and her daughter had no problem killing the brothers of Jehoram uh, and probably he came under her influence quite a bit. With his brothers out of the way, Jehoram was now free to introduce the worship of Baal who was the God of Jezebel, to all of Judah. This began the downward trend of Judah that would corrupt the Davidic dynasty and ultimately lead to their Babylonian captivity several generations later. Jehoram was 32 years old when he became king and he reigned eight years in Jerusalem and he walked in the way of the kings of Israel just as the house of Ahab had done for he had the daughter of Ahab as a wife and he did evil in the sight of the Lord. Yet the Lord would not destroy the house of David because of the covenant that he made with David and since he had promised to give a lamp to him and to his sons forever. So Jehoram was a mess of a king. 
yet the Lord was unwilling to break his covenant with David to have one of his descendants on the throne in Jerusalem. This is the power of the covenant of God, God's promises. Even though we're not worthy, so many times he keeps his promises. I'm just thankful I live under the new covenant where God has made a covenant with us through Jesus Christ who has died on the cross for our sins and we can be forgiven and and saved, not because of our own works, but because of what Jesus has done for us. Again, the power of the covenant. In Jehoram's days, Edom revolted against Judah's authority and made a king over themselves. So Jehoram went out with his officers and all his chariots with him. And he rose by night and attacked the Edomites who had surrounded him and the captains of the chariots. Thus, Edom has been in revolt against Judah's authority to this day. At that time, Libna revolted against his rule because he had forsaken the Lord God of his fathers. Moreover, he made high places in the mountains of Judah and caused the inhabitants of Jerusalem to commit harlotry and led Judah astray. Now, David had defeated the Edomites, who were the descendants of Esau, and forced them to pay taxes to him. But in Jehoram's day, Edom revolted against Judah, establishing their own king. Now, God said he would raise up enemies against his people if they didn't keep his commandments. And so this is what was going on. Jehoram tried to stop the rebellion, but it was unsuccessful. In fact, he and his army barely escaped with their lives. In addition, the nation of Libna, also revolted against Judah. So while this was going on on the war front, there at home he was building these high places in the mountains and caused the people to commit spiritual harlotry or spiritual adultery against the Lord, worshiping other gods. And a letter came to him from Elijah the prophet saying, Thus says the Lord God of your father David, because you have not walked in the ways of Jehoshaphat, your father, or in the ways of Asa, king of Judah, but you have walked in the way of the kings of Israel and have made Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem to play the harlot like the harlotry of the house of Ahab and also have killed your brothers, those of your father's household, who were better than yourself. Behold, the Lord will strike your people with a serious affliction, your children, your wives, and all your possessions, and you will become very sick with the disease of your intestines until your intestines come out by reason of the sickness day by day. Oh my goodness. Now, this is one prophecy you would never want to get from Elijah, but Jehoram deserved it because of his willful disobedience against the Lord. Now, the question is, what is our reaction to the word of the Lord. You know, the best thing is to just be in the word daily so that you can respond to his gentle correction. But if God has to get out the sledgehammer, you know, how do you respond to that? Do you humble yourself? Do you receive it? Do you correct yourself? Or do you resist it? If you resist it, you do it to your own peril. Moreover, the Lord stirred up against Jehoram the spirit of the Philistines and the Arabians who were near the Ethiopians. And they came up into Judah and invaded it and carried away all the possessions that were found in the king's house and also his sons and his wives so that there was not a son left to him except Jehoahaz, the youngest of his sons. You know, it's like 
he took away from God his people, causing them to commit harlotry against the Lord. So God took his people away, his, his sons, his wives, uh, and all of his possessions carried them off by the Philistines and the Ethiopians. After all this, the Lord struck him in his intestines with an incurable disease. Then it happened in the course of time after the end of two years that his intestines came out because of this sickness, so he died in severe pain. And his people made no burning for him, like the burning for his fathers. He was 32 years old when he became king. He reigned in Jerusalem eight years, so a short reign. And to no one's sorrow departed. However, they buried him in the city of David, but not in the tombs of the king. So not only did he die a terrible death, but also they didn't care. Nobody shed a tear when he died. There was no burning like they would do, sort of a commemoration of the passing of one of the kings. They didn't do any of that for him. Nothing. They were just probably glad to get rid of him. Very sad way to go. But you know, that's what happens when we turn away from God, when we, rather than living as children of the light, embrace darkness. And that's what happens. And so may God help us to choose not to compromise. You know, a little compromise doesn't seem like a big deal at the time, but later it brings great corruption. So much better rather to consecrate, that is to be devoted totally to the Lord, to his purposes, to his glory, and thus receive his reward. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. To listen to other episodes, go to 941thevoice.com or check out our iTunes podcast. If you have questions or comments, please email us at daryl at calvarytv.org. That's D-A-R-Y-L at calvarytv.org. Next time, we'll see where Ahaziah reigns in Judah, but walks in the ways of Ahab in Israel. For his mother is the daughter of Ahab and Jezebel. This results in disaster. We hope you'll join us as we continue in the book of 2 Chronicles on Simply the Bible.